All right, welcome to another episode of Embrace the Suck. Tonight, I have Albert Ramos with us, um, active duty gunnery sergeant, somebody that I met on Facebook and Instagram, saw him on a recruiting duty page, and then I started following his podcast, um, saw him do an interview with uh, with Bull, who's been on my podcast, yeah. and he's been on my other podcast that I'm a co-host of, so... I saw him doing his podcast with you, and I was like, bro, this guy's good, man. And I, I, I heard your interviewing <laughs> skills, that. and I heard what you were doing. And, <laughs> you know, I really just wanted to have you on because I could sense I could sense the two of us kind of had, like, the same ideas going on and the same we, we kind of had, yeah. like, I could sense that we had the same energy. I could sense that, like, you were trying to be what Marines are supposed to be and that you were trying to give yeah. a product to people even after you leave the Marine Corps um, and that you were trying to create something to help other Marines and to other, you know, even civilians and stuff. So once I saw that, I was like, you know what? It seems like a lot of the stuff that this guy gained was from recruiting duty. Um, and yeah. then, and what was funny was I didn't even see you on the recruiting duty page after I had saw you with, with bull. Mm, so I saw you with gotcha. bull. And, and my first thought was, this guy had to be a recruiter. <laughs> then I see you make a comment on the recruiting page, and I was like, "Ah, I was right." Yeah. Um. So just yeah. so um. So for those of who for those who don't know you, just introduce yourself, and then we're gonna get right into it. Talk about your time in the Marine Corps. Talk about the duty, and and talk about what it's done for you. Um. Good, bad, ugly, all of it, and then we'll just get into it. Yeah, man. First of all, man, I, I definitely appreciate the opportunity to uh, to expand my fear of influence, you know, to your followers. Uh, so I definitely appreciate the opportunity to have me on. Uh, so my name is Albert Ramos. I've been in the Marine Corps for 13 years. I'm originally from Maya West, Puerto Rico. That's a little spot on the west side of uh, Puerto Rico. Born, raised, recruited and recruited in Puerto Rico. There's very few people that can actually get oh. to see that. Yeah. So um and then, yeah, man, uh, I am currently uh, an active duty Marine. I'm here in Camp Pendleton, California. And fun fact, I'm also a realtor out here in California. So I actually utilize the skills that I learned on recruiting, uh, you know, to to make me successful and to have something else outside of the Marine Corps. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we're going to get to talk about that a little Heck, bit. Yeah, we are. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, man. So like and, and I like how you said that, though, because it, it's. And that's why I created the podcast, man, because everybody and their mother bitches and complains about how recruiting duty is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And and it, I'm not going to say it's not right. I'm never going to yeah. sit here and say that recruiting duty is not a bad place. I'm not going to sit here yeah. and be like, oh, my God, it's you know beautiful rainbows and ponies and all this cool stuff. No, I'm not going to say that. But the thing in my mind is that we create this. I say we because it's we're, we're Marines, we're staff and COs. Yeah. We create this mindset in the Marine Corps that recruiting duty is shit. So then everybody believes before they even get out there that recruiting duty is shit. Yeah. So, so we, I, I agree with you 100%. So, so, and I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, yeah, yeah. So, so let me tell you my first, you know, let, as a matter of fact, let me start, let me start how, how, how the journey began. Let's right? go, let's go. So, so I was in, uh, in, um, uh, Okinawa, Japan, right. Mm -hmm. I was a sergeant out there in, in, in Okinawa and I originally want to be, uh, uh, and I actually talk about this in my own podcast as well. Right. I originally want to be a drone instructor. Okay. Cause as a sergeant, no one, no one really would have liked me. Okay. So I moved from artillery. 
and I went into a POGAS MOS, okay, which is a, a 3152 distribution management specialist or DMO. We're the ones, I'm the FedEx for the Marine Corps. I'm the one that moves all your shit across country whenever you PCS, okay? So that's, that's my job, right? So it was a culture shock for me, you know, going from artillery, which is a combat MOS, to you know a pole gas mos that all you do is kick boxes around you see what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah so i had a and that was my also my first time you know i'm talking about 2013 2014 that was my first transitioning into working with females right because mm. back then females were not a thing in in artillery right mm. so so i had that very you know like knife hand type mentality you know like i was i was an asshole and um and yeah man like i wanted people told me that my personality back then actually fitted with with that of a drone instructor so i i always thought it's like i'm just gonna be a drone instructor yeah. so i went to talk to the career planner and um they i sat down with the career planner and the career planner told me okay i straight up told him it's like listen before the hiss comes out i want to volunteer to be a drone instructor and he told me, okay, cool. He actually sat down, and I didn't know it at the time. He actually answered three the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then, yeah, he told me, so let me ask you this, right? He said, what do you want to do when you get out of the Marine Corps? And me back then, I was like, I want to be a politician in Puerto Rico when I get out, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and then, yeah, so uh, he told me a very specific thing to, that I remember to this day. So what do you think is going to be more beneficial for you, right? Your people talking skills as a recruiter or your organizational skills as a drone instructor? Mm. And I'm like, man, you're right. That same day I started my recruiting package, right? Mm. But it doesn't even, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, that, that's like the pre to the start, right? Yeah. So I had a master sergeant and you were talking about, you were talking about, you know, those people that say, oh, well, recruiting duty sucks, right? And uh, I had a master sergeant back then that literally, as soon as I told him, yeah, master sergeant, I started my package. He said, oh yeah, like recruiting duty sucks. Like I'm. I hated recruiting duty when I was there. Uh, and, and where do you want to go? And he was like, well, well, I'm trying to go to Puerto Rico. Oh, if you go to Puerto Rico, you're probably going to fail because no one talks Spanish there, you know, or nobody talks English there. Everyone talks Spanish. And, you know, yeah. he just keeps bringing all this negativity around, man. Bro, and it's and it's it's it, it annoys me because, like, you're a master sergeant of Marines and you're telling a, a Marine who's a sergeant or a staff sergeant, or even sometimes corporals, right? These young motivated corporals are like, yo, I want to, I want career progression. I want to do this. And they, they have all these great ideas for success. And then a master sergeant of Marines or a gunny or a staff sergeant is like, Hey, it's going to suck. You're going to suck. You're going to fail. And it's like, bro, that's not what we're supposed to do. Yeah, and and in really my not. opinion, and in my opinion, and I say this all the time on my podcast, but in my thought process, the people who bitch and complain about how hard recruiting duty was, those are the people who were substandard. Like, yeah, he, he like, sucked. Like, that's my he thing, sucked. bro. And like, yeah, he you, sucked. If, he did. I came. To, I came to find out later on he didn't even finish his tour. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. that's my thing. Is that there's people. Those are the people who never made it on the duty, because if you're still allowing recruiting duty to keep this part in your brain years later, like, bro, like what what was going on? And that's why it's like. Yeah. But again, it's like this mentality that we create 
and we keep telling our, and we keep force feeding this to these Marines that, hey, recruiting duty sucks, recruiting duty sucks. And that's why I created the podcast, because I said this to somebody recently and uh, they, they didn't really kind of, you know, answer the question. But people love going on de- becoming a drill instructor. They love it. When you walk into a first sergeant's office, a sergeant major's office, what do you see? Campaign covers all over the place. Do yeah, you, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they love it, though. But they but they still have that pride of it, though. Yeah. Like, have you do. ever have you ever walked into a sergeant major's office and seen a, a Marine Corps recruiting duty award? Like um, nine times out of ten, you don't because they don't because we don't point. we don't carry that pride like these drill instructors do. And the question that I have is why? Like we go through we go through freaking hell on recruiting duty. And why do we not have that same pride? But yeah, when you that's, see that's that ribbon, but when you see that ribbon, you look at each other and you're like, "Yo, big dog!" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you survived. You, yeah, if you oh, see that ribbon, bro. that makes you survive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a very good question. That's also a valid question. Like, like why you know drill instructors are more prideful than than you know recruiters, and and you know, and let me tell you. I think I think it's because you know when you're a recruiter, it's, it's a different mindset than whenever you're a you're a drone instructor, right? Because you got to think about right. Whenever you go on recruiting duty, it's like you're a civilian. You see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, as a matter of fact, let me tell you a quick story. Whenever I whenever I went to recruiting school, uh, you know, I was still motivated Sergeant Ramos, you know, and and there I was. So you know how when whenever you first go to recruiting school, you have to give like a presentation. It's all about presentations, yeah. right? So I'm in front of my class. It's like 20 something people. I still remember. Uh, I still remember my instructor, Master Gunnery Sergeant Granillo. Now uh, he was Gunnery oh. Granillo back then. Oh shit! And and then yeah, he uh, he told me like, hey, go ahead and give a like a like a class uh, on this, right? I don't remember what it was. However, I walk up there super motivated, and I go like, hey, so every single time that I change the slide, I want y'all to say kill. You know, and as Marines, right? As Marines, like that's normal, right? You say like, yeah. "Hey, good to go, master. Good to go, master. Kill, master." But in reality, right? He stopped me right then and there. Like I didn't even get to start my presentation. <laughs> he stopped me right then and there, and he said, "Like he said, Sergeant Ramos, if you ever say some dumbass shit like that again, I will drop you." And mind you, this is like week one of recruiting school, right? <laughs> so I was like, "I will freaking drop you," and I'm like, all panicking and shit. And I'm like. Oh man, what did I do wrong? I honestly didn't know what I what I did wrong, right? And 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 here's why going back to your answer, right? It's like whenever you go to recruiting school, you are getting deinstitutionalized. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like re, like like the problem and I think the main difference in between recruiters and drill instructors is drill instructors drink the Kool-Aid twice as hard as recruiters do. You see what I'm saying? Like like they're in it. Like they are like Hoorah, hoorah, Marine Corps around it all the time. But you know what my thing recruiters, is, though? No, recruiters are not. But you know what my thing is, though? That's fucking... I'm sorry, but that's fucking bullshit. Because... What do you mean? Wh- here's the... I, under, I agree with what you're saying, right? Yeah. I completely agree with what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, is that the mentality that Marines have on recruiting duty 
is fucking bullshit because you're the product knowledge. You are the expert. You're the person who literally needs to live, breathe, walk Marine Corps. So realistically, but you should, well, you, but you should be though. Like if you're good at the reason why you're not good at your job is because you truly don't like, if you're not good at being a recruiter, it's because nine times out of 10, you don't believe in what you're selling. You no longer believe in the Marine Corps. You no longer believe in what you're telling these kids. You no longer believe in it because you've been in for so long. You're jaded. You're about to get out. So, like, my thing is, is that, like, if you were, if you acted like these drill instructors, right? Because I understand what you're saying. Like, oh, we're, we're, we're institution, we're, we're deinstitutionalized. And, you know, now we're in, like, the civilian-esque job of the Marine Corps. But that's the problem. When we when we create this idea in our head that it's okay it's okay to be less of a marine because we're on recruiting duty, it's like no, like you're still a marine, yeah. but you happen no, to be on recruiting duty. No, well, here's the thing, right? And 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 I think that I think this is a very productive conversation because a lot of people are under that assumption, right? But but what you are, what you truly are, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about your entity as a marine, right? Is yeah. you understanding what you need to do, because mm-hmm. the people that go out there with that mentality are more prone to fail because they don't know how to translate what we do in the Marine Corps to civilian terms. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I think that's that that's where it lies, right? Like as a Marine, you have to understand that yeah, you're still a Marine. You still uphold the you know the the core values, honor, courage, commitment. All that stuff, but at the same time, you have to be able to to understand how to translate everything that mm-hmm. you do in the Marine Corps yeah. to civilian terms. Because if you don't do that, and I'm not talking about kids, right? I'm talking about the people that are really going to be the influencers. I'm talking yeah. about the yeah. principals. I'm talking yeah. about the you know the 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 teachers that are going to gain you that access to those kids. Because yeah. if you go out there with the hoorah hoorah Marine Corps to impress the kids, yeah, you might be able to get one or two, but but you're not going to get the people that don't understand the Marine Corps, which is those influencers in their lives that spend way more time that you do as a recruiter with those kids. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Which is the, the which is the, 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 you know, the principals, the teachers and all that stuff. That's why you have to learn to, to translate what is it that you do in the Marine Corps mm-hmm. into civilian terms. You see what I'm saying? That's why. And, and drill instructors, they don't give a shit about that. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. drill instructors, they don't give a shit about that. That is why a lot of people struggle with translating that into civilian terms. You see what I'm saying? And mm. I think you hit a very valid point. I think I think that that Marines, you know, don't really understand what that means whenever they they first go to recruiting and they stop believing because they have a hard time translating translating that. And I'm gonna give you a perfect example, right? Yeah, I'm not uh, like whenever I first got to the street and and I mean, my story is like all around based on, on how the conversation is going. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. When I first when I first got to recruiting duty, I freaking sucked. Mm. I wrote three zeros back to back, not including part month. So if I would include in part month, it would have been four zeros back to back. Right. So so I had a, a super tough time. Like like getting people and I mind you I graduated even after what I told you I still managed to graduate seventh out of two hundred and fifty something people that graduated in my class so I graduated top ten percent of my class of of recruiting school right Mm -hmm. so everyone thought that I was gonna be like shit hot whenever I I I got to the streets right Mm -hmm. I sucked for the first four months 
for yeah. months. And then I, I'll never remember, I'll never forget one of my best friends to this day. His name is Michael Maldonado, the uh, uh, Gunnery Sorry Maldonado now. He's doing me, the MISA program. And we were in our little shitty ass freaking uh, Gubby, right? It, it was a Chevy Cruze. And uh, he told me, I, I was, we were having a hard to hard conversation. And it was like, bro, like I'm struggling like, and I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm getting people inside the office. However, I can't get too close on them. Mm. You know, I was having like 12 interviews. I was having like 12 interviews a week. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like 20, 25 appointments a week. Yeah. And I would still not get kids. And he told me that very specific thing. He was like, do you think that the Marine Corps has made you successful? I'm like, yeah, I think the Marine Corps has made me successful. Sell that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sell that. Yeah. Sell that and know how to put it instead of you, because nobody gives a shit about what you've done in the in the Marine Corps. Yeah. That's the reality. No one. Really no, because they don't they don't understand it. And that's like and it's very good. Exactly. I'm glad that I'm glad that exactly. we're having this conversation because I've never had this conversation on the podcast. It's very good because it's true. Like they don't know. Like if you tell them that like I've done this many LTIs or I've passed this many phase modes or I've passed this many inspections, like they're like, but I, I I don't know what that means. Or like mm-hmm. I've done, you know, I'm a map instructor or I'm a a black belt. And you know, if they say you tell them all these cool accolades, they're yeah. like, bro, I don't I don't know what that means, man. And it doesn't mean yeah. anything to them. But yeah, when exactly. you start showing them, you know, your home, your paychecks, your savings account, where you were compared to where you are. You tell them your story of growing up in Puerto Rico and now you're, you know, you're aligning with them and you're opening up to them and you're talking about, you know, you're being vulnerable and you're telling them about yeah. how the Marine Corps actually impacted you and changed you. You know, you're talking about where you who you were as a young man as opposed to who you are as a grown man, you know, and, and now you're painting this picture for them because you just met them. They don't know who you are, but when you talk to them about Sergeant Ramos, they have no idea and they don't even yeah. care. And that's what I'm saying. You have to learn how to translate that into civilian terms. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. and, and here's what I always here's what I always uh, uh, used to say. Right? I used to I used to walk them through like the path because something that I feel that happens a lot. Right? And mm. and I think this is a mentality that I have. Like recruiters are really good into getting you know civilians and get them to just simply pass boot camp. Right. Yes. Because that is the recruiter's job. Like you don't yep. give a shit as long as they pass. Yep. Camp, they're no longer your problem. You yep. see what I'm saying? So. So. And and before you continue, yeah. why do you think the command recruiting program is fucking trash? Why do you think res- referrals are trash? Why do you think reservists don't give referrals? Because. Your only thought process is you're three years on the duty. You're not thinking about the next guy who's going to yeah. replace you. You're not thinking about that young man or woman who's going to be in the Marine Corps yeah. left and right of you. And listen, yeah. I'm not saying that I was never there because I know we both know what it feels like to have the mission monkey on your back. Yeah. But well, at the same time. Yeah, but that's you, bullshit. I'm going to tell, tell, tell you that. I'm going to tell you why it's bullshit. I want, and uh, this is how confident I am, okay? This is how confident I am. I recruited around 72, someone, probably one of these freaking, if we post this in the in the recruiting page, someone's probably going to look up my numbers, right, in McCris. 
I <laughs> challenged them to look my numbers up in my Chris. I recruited around, I think it was like 72 or 73 people in my three years in the Marine Corps, right? With like a 78, it was like a 78 something off of Bravo split, okay? I challenge, I challenge you to find any of my 70 something people that I lie to. Amen. I challenge you. Bro, I, I challenge got, you. Bro, I agree. I challenge you to find one of my kids that is willing to go on record to say that I lied to them just to make mission. Amen. I never lied to any single one of my kids. Amen. As a matter of fact, the reason why I still have a relationship with the vast majority of my kids is because I'm going to tell I'm going to give you an example. There was this one kid. This one kid uh uh he he wanted he wanted to he was an alpha and he wanted to be infantry like he just wanted to be infantry and he was a scrawny ass like 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 he was a scrawny ass freaking kid right so i'm like bro do you like hiking that was my first question right like do you like hiking and I was like yeah i don't mind it do you mind hiking with like a 80 to 100 pounds worth of shit on your back it was like, no, sir, but I want to be a Marine. I want to be a, a, a Marine Corps infantry guy. <laughs> Let's go. I'm like, brother, I was like, brother, I'm telling you, you're not going to like it. I know you're all high because everything that you're looking at, but trust me, all that shit looks cool until you're the one actually freaking doing it. Because once the cameras are off, you're the ones that got to wake up for fire watch. You're the ones that got to do this. You're the ones that got to do that. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Kid didn't listen. He went infantry. Yeah. And guess what? Whenever he was like complaining, you know, that initial complaint, yep, you yep, get yep, to the yep. fleet because, you know, they all bitch. And it was like, I was the first one. I told you so, motherfucker. Yep. I told your dumbass. I told yeah. you that dumbass not to do it. And you still did it yeah. because I was I was very honest with all my kids. I was yeah. extremely honest with all Bro, my I kids. have I have the same thing, man. I, I, I agree with you. And, I, and I, I hold that same thing to my to dearly because I had the same thing happen to me. And that, but but I have a reason why I became that person. Right. So when I was an RA, I was a Lance Corporal on recruiting duty. I was a, I was on RA for a couple of months. And I met this young man. Uh, his name was Barbosa. He was a high school senior. And he was going to high school. And he was doing this program where you could go to school and then leave school at like 11 o'clock, right? So he was leaving school at 11 o'clock and then working full-on days as a construction worker to pay for his mother and his two little siblings to live in a hotel because their father had oh, skipped out and they didn't have any money. So he was working damn. full full time. He was working like a hundred hour weeks. Like no lie. This dude was working like 20 hour days. Like he was like, if he wasn't in school, that dude was on the, on the pavement, you know, working. And so I get him to join the Marine Corps and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Lance Corporal. And I get him, I tell him how, how great the Marine Corps is, and I get him on active duty. And then all of a sudden, like two days before mission day, my the master sergeant who was in the he was an ARI, he comes in the office and he's like, Hey Bennett, he's like, Bro, you 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 built rapport with this kid, you've done all this with this kid. He's like, I need you to get him to go reserves. <laughs> and then I tell the master sergeant, I'm like, Master Sergeant, like if this dude does reserves, the reserves is going to do nothing for this man. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're going to ruin this dude's life, and it's not yeah. going to help him. But I was a young Lance yeah. Corporal, so I just said, I'm Mass Art, you know? And yeah. uh, I did it. <laughs> I got the kid to I got the kid to switch. That's crazy. And then, and then years later, I bumped into Sergeant Bar Barbosa, and he looked yeah. at me, and he was like, 
bro, you 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 fucked up my life, bro. He was Man. like, he literally he he was like, I, I, I called, no, I didn't, I, I know what, I didn't run into him. It was a phone call, and he was like. Nah, man. He was like, you told me I should have gone active duty, and then you were the same person to tell me to flip. So when I so when he told me that, I told myself when I go on recruiting duty, I will never do that again. And bro, I've had, I have a, I have a, I have a marine who's a corporal now. He's at my reserve unit, my at my reserve unit, and it was my first day there. I was checking in, and uh, his name is Barden. He's a PSC. He's a lance corporal now. He's twenty eight years old. He joined the Marine Corps at twenty eight. And mm. when he walked in the office, I had asked him, I was like, bro, are you sure you want to go reserves? He was like, yes, I want to go reserves. He had a whole plan and everything like that. And then I was like, listen to me. If you go to reserve, if you go reserves, I'm telling you right now, you better never tell anybody that it was my fault. I made you go reserves. Like your bitch ass is saying, I want to go KG. Eight, eight out of 10 reservists, once they once they go to boot camp and they go to MOS school, they'll be like, can I change? Can I change yep, to yep, active yep. duty? Yep. Freaking, yeah. But yeah. so I get, so it's my first day at this new unit. I just got off recruiting duty. I'm checking into this new unit. And I'm walking around with this uh, the seasoned staff at CO. And he was like, yo, I bet you you were a liar when you were on recruiting duty. You probably lied to all these kids. And I was like, nah, man, I never lied to nobody. He's like, they all lie. They all lie. So as we're standing there in the hallway, I turn around and Barden is standing at one of the doors. He's standing at one of the hatches. So I was like, hey, Barden. I was like, come here. He's a PSC. I was like, hey, come here. He's like, yes, Staff Sergeant. He goes, how are you, Staff Sergeant? How you been? And this is like a year after I put him in the Marine yeah. Corps. And I'm like, hey, Barden. I was like, why are you here? And he, he just starts laughing. And I'm like, I'm like, why are you here, Barden? And he goes, because I fucking didn't listen to you, Staff Sergeant. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, you told me not to go reserves and that I had no business being a reservist and that I should have gone active duty. And I was like, so you're here because of you? He was like, damn right. And then I looked at the, my boy and I was like, see? And I was like, bro, like I'm not about that, man. Yeah. Because and, I and 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 I even take it, I even take it, I'm willing to add even this, right? Because, bro, like, I think about this, like, all the freaking time, man. I think about this all the time. And and here's the thing, right? Whenever, whenever we're on recruiting duty, we show kids, right? Our job is to satisfy the needs and wants of, of the kids, right? And show them how the Marine Corps are going to fulfill those needs and wants that th that those kids have, right? Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Recruiters are really, really, really good at doing that. Here's the thing, though. We need to, and by we, I talk about the individual Marine, needs to hold himself fucking accountable. Mm. They need to hold themselves accountable because what happens, right? They say, oh, my recruiter, my recruiter lied to me. And, and I always ask them, it's like, what do you mean by that? Well, my recruiter told me that I could go to college or my recruiter told me that I was going to have this job. And my recruiter told me, it was like, hold on a second. Did your recruiter really lie to you? Can you go, can you go to, to college? Oh, like not, not an in infantry. I'm like, not an in infantry. Is there a special clause or something that mm. says that if you're infantry, you can't go to college? Mm. Uh, no, there is not. The mm. thing is that what you do is you fail to communicate and you fail to be proactive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, let me, yeah. let me explain. Let me explain. Right. 
if if you go if you know that you're going to the field right or if you know that you have one of these jobs like let's say for example the worst one that i can think of like right in like infantry and what i mean worse is i mean the the ones that spend the most time in the field yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. The infantry infantry if you know that you have a field dog coming up and you tell your staff sergeant that you're trying to go to the to the education center during the field dog what do you think the staff sergeant is going to tell you 100% no, mm-hmm. right? Yep. However, if you tell the staff sergeant, staff sergeant, I know that we're going to the field from this day to this date. On this date, I already made our reservation for the education center. Yeah. You are basically doing the staff sergeant's jobs for you because it's not the staff sergeant's job to freaking dictate what you want to do in your personal career. Yeah. But yeah. your Marines... Marines, they look at that. It's like, oh, well, the Marine Corps freaking sucks because the Marine Corps doesn't want me to go to college. Nah, man, you need to be you need to plan and you need to be proactive enough and you need to set your time management in order for you to do that. Yeah, we like like Marines need to stop blaming on the recruiters. Oh, my recruiter, my recruiter told me that I I was going to have time to go to college. You do have time. Yeah. What you don't have is what you don't have is your priority straight. Amen. And that's where the that that's where the issue that's where the issues lie. Yeah, yeah. No, and I and I agree with you. But back to what you were saying before, though, about the holding the individual recruiter accountable, because like we we do that, we contract, we we kiss and ship, we contract kids. That like how many times? I don't know about you, but I'll be honest. I don't know how many times I contracted a kid, and in the interview, I said, "Hey, man, I'm a I'm gonna work out with you. I'm gonna give you a diet plan." I'm going to get you to lose this weight. I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to do this with you. And then as soon as that kid contracted, I was on the hunt for the next kid to contract because I needed to make mission. I needed to write my two, my four, and the office needed to make mission. And then that created a spiral of pool discharges. That created um, a spiral of, you know, lies. Not lies, but, like, you you mean it when you're saying it, but then you're not holding yourself to the flame of of having a good quality pool PC. I never had that issue because I never put myself in that situation. Mm. Let me let me tell you let me tell you why, right? My my pool and the pool that we had in RSS San Juan was I'm I'm willing, I am almost willing to to put money on this that it was one of the top 5% or top 1% of all the pools in the entire Marine Corps. Because I would make those promises, I would make those promises, and I would fulfill them. But guess what? I didn't put myself as in I was going to do it. Bro, let me tell you how I I ran my freaking pool. So whenever whenever a kid was fat or needed issues or needed problems or needed leadership, you know, all the intangibles or even some of the tangibles, right? I would have my squat leaders. I would have my guides. I had a literally, I had a freaking platoon of people all the way up to fire team leaders. And I would tell them, I would take them outside. You know how you have like your pool board with like your, your freaking like, like first squad, second squad, third squad. I would tell them like, Hey, listen, if you join right now, your squad leader is going to be freaking or not even last go for future Marine, such and such. Right. And future Marine, such and such will go to the gym with you every morning. And by the way, you don't even have to wait to pay for your membership because as soon as you join, I was lucky enough that I was close to like, like a base. So, so they could go on base and they can PT at the reserve station completely for free. 
Oh wow! You see what I'm saying? So every single morning we have PTs, and my my future Marines would P3 would PT three times a week. I did not have that issue, and I would just pick a PT day, and they would prospect for me. They would PT the new guys. They would PT their own because they wanted to be leaders. And at the same time, I was molding them in order for them not to only just go to boot camp, but for them to be Marine leaders whenever they got to the fleet. Mm. So I never put myself in that position. I would tell them like, hey, future Marine such and such is going gonna, is gonna to PT you. And I would put more effort into those guys that wanted that intangibles, right? Because remember, we do, we do the, the benefit tax, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I would get them with the benefit tax. If they one of the first three that they will pick is leadership, I would put them in leadership positions because I know that they wanted to be leaders. I was like, hey, guess what? You future Marine such and such. You're going to be my squad leader for this week. You need to PT with them three times a week. If you do a good job, you have the opportunity to be promoted to the rank of squad leader or to the rank of, of guide. And the competition was freaking fierce for those leadership positions. So it got to a point that I didn't even have to pack my kids out. Honestly, like I, I like new applicants, I didn't have to pack them out. Bro, my kids, as soon as someone walked through the office, I taught them I combat V. Welcome to the Marine Corps office. Like, like, let me take your information. Boom, boom, they will pack them out. Where whenever we go to school, I would multiply myself by five or six because I would go out with all of my grads. All of my grads, I would call my grads up. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing anything. Get to the office. We're going to the we're going to this college today. Okay, cool. Boom. I will go with five or six guys. I will tell them this is what we're looking for. If they score more than this on the SATs, you call me up right away. I don't give a shit. You stop right there. You give me a call. That's what I'm looking for. And boom, instead of me wasting my time with unqualified people, what I would do is like, hey, hey, staff sergeant, I got this kid that scored freaking 3,000 the SA, the SA, in Puerto Rico, they take the, the college board, so it's a, a little bit different. I'm just saying this so that way people can relate, right? It's like, hey, I got this guy that scored 3,200 on the, on the college board. If I knew that they scored 3,200, that means alpha. So I drop what I'm doing. I'm going directly to talk to them. But my kids were the ones that generated that. And I took care of my kids. I took care of my kids because I will give them as soon as they go in. Guess what? Hey, meritorious promotion to the rank of PFC. I will take care of my kids. My kids will take care of me. But I ran a tight ass or we in our station because I wasn't the only recruiter doing this. We ran a tight ass station. And that's why we were so successful. We won. We won a, a station of the year. We won commander, uh, a station commander of the year, and I won recruiter of the year for the 6th Marine Corps District in the fiscal year 2018, Yellow Footprint Awards, the whole nine yards, because of how I would run my, and my kids were for it. I told them, I told them like, hey guys, just so y'all know, I'm in competition to win recruiter of the year this year for, for the station I didn't even know for the district. And my kids would be like, bet you're going to win that award. They were in it with me. Mm. So now how yeah. did this happen? Because you said before that you had written four zeros in the beginning. Oh, man. So how do, oh, you, man. How, do you, how do you go from writing four zeros? And the reason oh, why man. I'm asking this question is because there's people <laughs> out there who are in or who are in that seat right now. There are yeah. recruiters out there who are going to listen to this podcast who are on their fourth month of writing a nut and they do yeah. not see the light at the end of the tunnel. They yeah. They don't believe in they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in success. They don't see themselves being better. Yeah. You know, and I say that because I've I've heard it. I've I don't know how many times I've met people 
who are, you know, on their fourth or fifth nut. And then out of nowhere, it just clicks. They get it and they become this freaking, you know, crazy recruiter, you know, and I've, I've recently had a lot of this, you know, um, I'm coming up on a year anniversary of doing this podcast. And I actually have a bunch of recruiters that have reached out to me recently and been like, bro, I just got meritoriously promoted. And they're like, bro, thank you so much for your mentorship through the podcast. You know, people are like, hey, man, I appreciate that. And the reason why I'm saying this is that because if you're somebody who wrote four straight zeros and then became the recruiter of the year and you wrote 72 contracts and all that stuff, how the fuck did you go from writing four nuts <laughs> to that? Like, what what happened? All right. So, um, great question. All right. So when I got to when I got to recruiting, um, I didn't. Essentially, it boils down to this, right? Matter of fact, let me make how much time we got, man, because I want to make this story. <laughs> I want to make this story, right? So, uh, whenever whenever I got to recruiting, right, I was I was hustling a lot, but like I said, I still needed that spark because I didn't believe in the product that I was selling, right? Uh, um, I was working extremely hard, but I didn't believe in the product. Why but didn't you three, believe in it? Uh, because I didn't, I didn't understand how it translated. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, that's what I'm saying. I didn't understand how, how, what I did in the Marine Corps translated into something that people would want to do. But why, but, but why couldn't you, like, why couldn't you understand that? Like you were a successful Marine at this point. You, yeah. you, ha- I would assume you had good credit. You had a car. You probably had a house. Or oh you no, I have good credit. I have no good credit. I had no. I have horrible credit. I took. <laughs> I was that dumbass Lance Corporal that made all the bad financial decisions. Uh, so yeah, so I didn't have good credit. My my marriage wasn't in a in a very solid spot <laughs> mm. at the time. You see what I'm saying? Like, but but the, here's the thing: I had everything to lose going to recruiting duty. Honestly, like I could have very easily been that guy that would have said like, "Fuck the Marine Corps, fuck recruiting duty," because the recruiting duty fucked my life up. I had everything. My marriage wasn't in a good place. I I didn't have. I had money, but it's not like I was living paycheck to paycheck. You see what I'm saying? And and I was busting my ass off whenever I became a recruiter, right? So listen to this, man. I want to take it even a step further. My third month of recruiting, I actually uh, recruited someone. Okay, his name was Francois Ortiz Irrete. He was the first future Marine that I ever put in the Marine Corps. Okay, okay. Francois Ortiz Irrete came to me. Uh, he scored a 72 on the ASVAB, and he was, like, adamant about leaving as soon as possible, right? He was like, yeah, I'm ready. And this kid was like a, like a stud, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was very physically fit and everything, and he was very adamant about leaving. So, I, obviously, I, I was hurting, so I needed someone, right? He was an alpha, ready to go, passed the IST, everything. So, I found him a day for him to, uh, to uh, uh, ship out on March 3rd. Okay, listen to this. March 3rd, he was about to go to uh, to uh, uh, Paris Island, right? And literally, the weekend before, he threw a party. And it was like Saturday, 2 o'clock in the morning, his girlfriend calls me up. It was like, we can't find, crying, like, bawling out crying. It's like, we can't find uh, uh, Francois, we can't find Francois. And I'm like, hey, listen, calm down, call me tomorrow, we'll figure it out, right? Next morning, around nine o'clock in the morning, 
she calls me up with the, with her mom. She's like, yeah, we've gone to all the hospitals. We've gone to this. We've gone to that. And to this point, you know, I'm like, yeah, kid's probably going to flake out. You see what I'm saying? I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, this, this fucking bitch-ass kid's probably going to flake out, you know, and he's, he's not going to go anywhere. And then Monday rolls around. And then his mom literally calls me up. It's like, we, we literally can't find him. Now, obviously, I, I, he's about to miss the shipping brief. So I was like, hey, boss, you, so you know, like, we can't find Francois, blah, blah, whatever. Mom calls me up on Monday around, like, 10 or 11. And she goes, like, he's dead. He's dead. Francois's dead. And I'm like, holy fucking shit, man. Mind you, this is my first future Marine. Recruited him same month. About to ship in the same month, right? And I'm like, hey, boss, uh, his mom just called me up saying that he's dead. Call the station commander or call the, the you know, the RSCO. RSCO calls the calls the, uh, the, the freaking Six Marine Corps District CEO. Mind you, when someone dies, this goes all the way up to the commandant, right? Mm-hmm. Mom calls me up about an hour later. It's not him. It's not him. It's not him. Bro, my my OIC, my CO, I'm sorry, my CO calls me up, says like, Staff Sergeant Ramos, go down to the fucking station and identify the body yourself. <laughs> so I go to the station. I go to the station and I put my freaking uniform on. I go to the station. They show me the body. And the only way that I recognized that it was him, it was because of his underwear. He was wearing pink American Eagle underwear that his, oh, that his wait, girlfriend so sent me a picture. Him? It was him. He was shot oh. more than 100 times with an AK-47. Whoa. What the hell did he do? I have absolutely no idea. Bro, that same night, I had a pa- my first time ever, man. First time ever, I had a panic attack. I, didn't even, I thought I was going to die, honestly, man. Like yeah. I had a panic attack. I was like, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Like, like I honestly like I was ready to tap out. Wow. Right? I was ready to tap out. And uh that next morning, uh or that same week, that was when I had that conversation uh with uh with Michael, with uh with my friend. And he was like, Man, I'm gonna tell you this, man, there's two things that you can do. Now was you- was was he the gunny? Was he a, a recruiter? Was he an ARI? What was no man. So in Puerto Rico, we don't we don't get really that much interaction with the ARIs. It was just our oh. team. So so here's the thing, man. Like I had a, I think I can attribute my success uh, because I had a really good team. Honestly, mm. like I couldn't have asked for a better team of recruiters uh, out there on recruiting duty. You know what I'm saying? So that's why that's why uh, you know. Imagine if I would have had that shitty ass. You know, other recruiters like man, fuck that. You know, I w- I would freaking definitely quit if I were you. But I had a I had a a good team. Not only that, man, like like they didn't baby me. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I think something that like you know what you know the question was as soon as I told my station commander. This is pretty shitty, but it's the truth. Like you know what the first question you know is like. So who do you got going next? Yeah. Who do you got to replace him? They'll fuck around, man. It was like, who do you got to replace him? And I'm like, but you know what the no thing one. is, though. But you know what the thing is, though. And this is something you know that people are gonna get pissed off at, but I don't give a shit, bro. That's the problem that I have with Marine Corps recruiting today. Is that back in the day, 
that wasn't an issue. Like, uh, it's okay. Like the the cog has to keep going. Yeah. Like somebody has to ship. Somebody yeah. has to contract. Like, listen, I get it. You know, you know, remorse and and you you feel horrible and da da da. But at the end of the day, like somebody on the somebody on the freaking on that page the other day had said, you know, what do you have for tomorrow is the equivalent of hazing. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. if you like, like, bro, this is your job. You are on recruiting duty. You are a salesman. That is your job. If yeah. you, my, my, at the end of the day, you know, if you're in the Fleet Marine Corps, somebody's going to ask you, hey, what do we have left to go home? Hey, what do you, hey, Gunny said you got to get this, this, and this done. Did you get it done? No. But, okay, well, how much do you have left for tomorrow? Like, the question of tomorrow is going to be there. Like it's just you, <laughs> a lot of people struggle on recruiting duty because they were, you know, like this studs that are in the fleet, right? In 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 recruiting duty, you can't hide. Yeah, you can't hide because and a, a lot of people say I hate it when people say that they hate recruiting or that recruiting duty sucks because what they're not realizing that they're saying is that they freaking suck. <laughs> oh my man, you were trash, bro. Recruiting yeah, because, duty didn't suck. You sucked. Exactly, because there is no one on recruiting that you can attribute your failure besides you. A lot of people freaking focus on recruiting because they think that, oh, well, I'm putting all this effort. I'm putting all this effort. I'm making this many phone calls. I'm making this many AC contacts. No one gives a fuck about how many <laughs> people you how many efforts you you create. Recruiting duty is Bro. all about results. That's it. Bro, that results. is bro. That's no one it. cares. It's a results driven base, bro. Yeah. If I, like, no bro, I, I work, I work sales right now in the civilian world. If I made a thousand phone calls and nobody started at my college, and then I told my boss, "Hey, I made a thousand phone calls," I wouldn't have a job next week. Yeah, like exactly. at the end, like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, and I used to say this all the time, and I still do. If I said to my son, because people, people say I try all the time, right? If I came home one night and my son and my kid, I have three kids and, I, and I'm married. If I came home one night and all my kids, my, my wife and my kids were sitting at the dinner table and there was nothing in the fridge and there was no food for them to eat. And I looked at them and I said, well, I tried. Would that fill their stomachs? Would yeah. me saying the words I tried fill their stomachs? No. So you saying I tried doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean shit. If yeah. you're not writing contracts, then it doesn't matter. Then you didn't try hard enough, brother. Like if you're writing a zero, if you are substandard or below that, sub that, that, then you're failing. No one else is failing. And maybe, and I don't maybe. Give a shit. And here's the thing, man. Like I don't give a shit. It was. What people say, well, my area was bad, right? Oh, my God. Like, my area was bad. Bro, in Puerto Rico, less than 15% of the freaking of the population actually speaks and understands English. Mm. Like, what, it, what? They ask me, I mean, what freaking language is it? 
Yeah. Oh, in English. You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 what else? Like, I could have used that excuse. Like, well, nobody speaks English over here. So I'm, I just suck as a recruiter. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. No, I found a way in order for me to get around it. I found a way to get around it. What did I used to do? It's a lot of people that are interested, but not a lot of people that pass. Like, people, when they, whenever they post, like, right? Like, I see it in the recruiting page all the time. Like, when people post ones and threes, like, they're, they're, Bro, that shit was common. I used to have ones and threes every day in my office. You see what I'm saying? Guess what? As a matter of fact, I recruited two kids. Bro, Freaking when I was as rocks. Go ahead. Yeah. Bro, when I was in I was in Middlesex, New Jersey for about two months. And I thought I always heard they always contracted a lot. And I always I, I thought the grass was always greener on the other side. And I thought that this was the easiest place to, to grow. I was like, bro, if I would, I said it to myself for three years. I was like, bro, if I was ever in Middlesex, I would destroy it. I would kill it. My first day in Middlesex, I got 16 interviews. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, I, yeah. set, I set 16 appointments in one day. Mm. Zero oh, people passed the East. <laughs> my boy, his name's Ramos. My boy, Edison. <laughs> My boy Edison looked at me and he was like, bro, it's not hard to get appointments here, bro. He was like, I can get you 30 appointments a week more. They're just not going to pass. He was like, that's why he's like, and that's why when the command would come at us and start asking for appointments, we would ask them, do you want appointments or do you want contracts? Because I can give you appointments. You want appointments? Sure. I'll flood the office with a waste of time and kids that won't pass the East. But if you want contracts, then I have to change what you got to have a conversation. that's a good point, man. Because that I think that that is another another thing that the recruiters fail, man. And be, it's because they have a false sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Right. They have a very false sense of accomplishment. Meaning, oh well, I have three appointments and I have yep. two interviews. You well fucking knowing that the kids are not gonna pass. Yep. You see what I'm saying? I had this is it. Listen. Yeah. Uh, this is my recipe. I'm about to give the recipe for success on recruiting duty. Okay. This was my recipe for success. I would not stop working, not stop working until three people went to MEPS and raised their right hand and swore in into the delayed entry program. I would simply not stop working. You see what I'm saying? Until three people went to, went to MEPS and freaking uh, uh, raise their right hand, right? And I already had a 60 to 90 day freaking out. Because that what that will do for you, see, still recruiting duty, what that will <laughs> do for you is literally put you ahead. And it doesn't matter how many contracts your boss requires of you. It doesn't matter what you do. No one can freaking touch you. That's how I got so ahead. Like I would literally not stop working until it and it didn't matter to me it's like oh well i already have two contracts nope i still need one more i still need one more once i had that third contract once i had that third con- or that third person that would go, go and, and raise her right hand right not necessarily depping because obviously i had depping holds whenever i had all that all those depping holds i didn't give a shit whenever freaking my my bro it got to a point that there was only two we were a one of five it got to a point that there was only two recruiter me and michael because the other guy went to fulfill the station commander spot, and we, us two recruiters, we were filling a one on five mission for three months, one on five missions. It got to a point that we looked at each other. And it's like, bro, we need to do twenty one contracts in between the two of us, 
21 contracts in three months. Mm. We ended up with 25 freaking contracts doing that court. 25 contracts in between in between the both of us. It's it's a winning mentality, man. Like you gotta have you have to approach recruiting duty with a winning mentality. But you know what's crazy though? It's the thing, and I've said this before, man, and and this is the thing that kills me is that like a gunnery sergeant of Marines has to say you have to approach recruiting duty with a winning mentality. We're Marines. Like what other mentality should you be approaching anything with? Like that's the reality of it. Like we're we're approached like when and that's why when people say to me like I had like on my my last episode, this retired master art was like I don't believe that any marine comes to work and and wants to fail. Bullshit. Because there's substandard marines out there. If you're coming to work and you're failing every day, you've now in your heart you've said you know what it's okay. I'm just gonna keep living this way. You now come to work every day okay to fail. That's yeah. my thought process because yeah. there are Marines out there because if there wasn't Marines out there who felt that way, we wouldn't have an issue with people who brought on zeros. But my point is, is that the idea that we have to constantly tell Marines, hey, man, if you just came to work and really worked hard and everybody wrote their share of the mission, then we would all have good quality of life. Like no one believes in good quality of life because nobody works. Towards that. The- that's exactly like not everybody's working towards quality of life because there's some Bro, Marines who are I, okay I with my, never. Yeah, no. And, and I loved, I loved my time out there. The reason for it is because once, once I, uh, once I actually got to that point where I, we were 90 days out or 60 to 90 days out, you know, it obviously fluctuated a little bit. Whenever we got to that point, bro, like I would go to work in flip-flops. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like we would work from Monday to Thursday, Friday, we would, we would go to the office. We would freaking like just sit at the, at the desk. You see what I'm saying? Like putting in our appointments, our interviews, whatever numbers. Right. And then we will all go like team building was a very big thing. Right. Like for us, it was like, we, we did team building every Friday. Obviously when we were ahead. Right. Like every Friday, we would do team building. Like we would either whether it would be going out to eat, going out to drink, going out to whatever. Yeah. We would take our time that Friday for us to not talk about shit or just laugh it off. Like you see what I'm saying? Like, oh man, I had this kid that freaking went and popped because freaking some dumbass shit. And we would yeah, freaking, yeah. you know, have a couple beers and laugh about it, you know? Yeah. But that, and that's, you know, I'm glad that you bring that up because that's a huge problem with a lot of these RSs, not one in particular, but a lot of them. Is that if you talk to these Marines, you know, that are out there on the streets and you ask them about what do you do besides work, the answer is nothing. Like there is no team building. There is no going out and throwing accents. There is no, you know, bowling. There is no barbecues. There is no, you know, yeah, you have all hands once a month. Bro, if you're if you're in an RS and you think all hands once a month means fucking anything, you're out of your mind. Like Because the reality of it is is that nine times out of ten, you're giving them some recycled garbage training that isn't even working at the moment. Or if you are giving them some good training, then they don't even want to think about the training because it's the first time they're not on them. They're not in that moment. It's the first time they're not thinking about what do I have for tomorrow? It's the first time they're around other Marines. Now, listen, I'm not saying that all hands isn't important. I'm not saying that training isn't important. I'm not saying that. 
But when you are you're stuck in the when you only have one day a month to be with other Marines besides the guys in your office, the last thing you care about is MC3. Yeah. The last it's the last it's the first time you've seen the guy from BRC at the smoke pit. It's the first time that you're getting in a group with Marines like you used to in the fleet. So the last thing you want to do is sit there and get some training that you're probably not even going to listen to. So yeah. what? that's why in order to create a winning mentality, the these RSs need to do more training that incorporates that team work ethic. Yeah, no, I, and, and, and I agree with you, but, uh, it's um i'll tell you this man it's hard and that's that's one of the reasons why why i didn't i didn't decide to stay in as a as a as an 84 12 right um because bro there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of people out there man that that all they care is about them you know uh, that all they care is about them and and all they care is about and i think and that's why that's why i decided to to like get out right of of, of recruiting because i wanted to stay but uh here's the thing man like i was that guy that went on recruiting duty wanting to stay like this is and please if you're looking at this podcast and you're motivated about going on recruiting duty which i hope you are right and you want to stay on recruiting duty do not tell them that you want to stay and yes. from the very beginning yep per, first first prove yourself be yep. quiet be that silent killer prove yourself if you because tell i was them, that dumbass yep you, you will never them. be good enough Yep. You not only, never, not even only when you, I was writing contracts, bro. Yeah. Or not only not only will you never be good enough, but one of two things is going to happen. One, they're going to whore you out for the next three years. The, yep. Or two, they're going to keep moving you from RS to from RSS to RSS from RSS to RSS because hey, he's got to prove himself. We want him in each part of the. Or yeah. Or they're going to tell you. They're going to dangle the carrot of 84-12 in front of you That's up until the last me. minute, and then they're going to pull your package and say, hey, man, you know what? As 84-12 in because this is, this is exactly what happened to me. I got the, the, the carrot was right in front of me. Hey, man, your package is up a district. Hey, man, we've already co-signed it. Master Gunny so-and-so already said you're good. The CO already said you're good. You're going to get approved, bro. Just keep making mission, dog. I missed mission one time. Hey, you know what, man? Your package was pulled. You're no longer going to be an 8412. Have a good day. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's why. That's why. That, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, nah. Go so, ahead. just like you said, man, don't tell nobody you plan on being a 12 until. Yeah. Give give it some yeah. time, bro. Until you, until you prove it. <laughs> until you prove it yourself. And, and I would say. Have them make that approach, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Because and here's the thing, man. Like, like my I went through a through a command change, a complete command change. My like my RI, uh, you know, my CEO, sorry major, everything changed halfway through me being. So whenever I first got there, that's when I really wanted to uh to be a, a, a an eighty four twelve. And then as my command started changing, that's when I was like. That's when they freaking just simply took advantage of me, man, and and yep. and I was like, bro. and I was like, fuck, fuck this, man, and fuck y'all, bro. I had a, uh, I'm gonna have him on one of my one of my next episodes, but I had a gunnery sergeant, eighty four twelve ARI, check in, 
go to MEPS, and like two months later, get out of the Marine Corps. Like he literally mm. checked into RRS, saw the command, and literally was like, I'm getting out of the Marine Corps. He's like, I, he literally said, I do not want to be an 8412 here. I'm getting out of the Marine Corps. I'm leaving. And there was all these other reasons, all these other circumstantial things going on. But it was because of the way that he was treated by people as soon as he checked in. And there was he had issues with like a reenlistment going through and all these things were happening. But the only conversation they were having with him was, hey, who's good on deck and who can contract? And when he was on the phone talking about his reenlistment, when he was on the phone talking about his career, no one gave a shit about that conversation. So then he was like, you know what, man? I'm dropping. I'm getting out of the Marine Corps. Deuces. And now he's out of the Marine Corps. And, and, and you know, let me let me tell you, let me tell you why. And and this is this is like I, I always try to take things, right? And I try to uh to break it down to like the macro and the micro perspective of things. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And and the macro perspective of why I think this happens, right, is because you have a lot of people that instead of wanting to be Marines, they need to be Marines. Mm. What do I mean by that? Right. Like like this. There's a lot of people, especially especially I don't know. I don't know if like the cold, hard facts about this. Right. But there's a, a lot of Marines that simply become 8412s because they don't want to go back to their jobs. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like you got those those combat engineers, you got those those infantry guys, those mortar T guys, right? That that they know that if they go back to their MOS, they're gonna be stuck in in their current rank for a shit ton of time. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And and that and they don't have anything else besides the Marine Corps. So now instead of wanting to be Marines to make those around themselves better, they need to be Marines because they don't know anything else and they don't have any other type of, of financial support besides the Marine Corps. You see what I'm saying? And that is, I think, if you ask me the macro perspective of why is it that there is a huge issue in the Marine Corps, is because of those staff and COs that instead of wanting to be Marine leaders, they need to be Marine leaders and they already know the game in order, and mm. what is the bare minimum that they need to do for them in order for them to meet the wicket of like, oh, yep, this is what I need for to get promoted. And this is Marine Corps wise. Bro. This is Marine Corps wise. Yeah. But yeah. specifically, this is what makes recruiting duty so shitty, in my yeah. opinion. No, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely would agree with you because, you know, and, and this I've had this conversation. And it comes up in a lot of the podcasts about 8412s. And like you just said, it's not it's not 8412s. It's Marine Corps wide. It's every MOS. It's not just yeah. the 8412 MOS. But on on recruiting duty, like you've already said before, recruiting duty exposes you. There's a lot of people who they don't they've become civilians in the Marine Corps uniform. Yeah. They're so you know, they're so far apart from the Marine Corps, from the fleet, from doing anything besides the sales position that and then this is just reality. When I, and I've and I said this to someone the other day, I used to have this master guns who, whenever he would come into my office and have a conversation with me, the only thing that I knew was going on was MC4. Yeah, he he wasn't having a real conversation with me. He wasn't asking me 
really about my family. He didn't know my kids' names. He didn't really care. But the average Marine Corps leader would know those things and would actually want to sit down with you and care about your mental health and care about these things. And I'm not saying that all 8412s don't, but a lot of people are, they want, they're what's in it for me. You know, hey, how can we make, because at the end of the day, again, it's a results driven business. But if we brought back, if we dialed things back and returned to the Marine Corps, and we were we continued to be good leaders and we continued to mentor and guide then maybe marine corps recruiting duty wouldn't be as bad as it is right now yeah i mean yeah i mean i, th- I think you're i think you're right uh, cuz you know it, here's, here's the thing right at the beginning whenever i struggled right uh, as a recruiter uh, i had I, I i i said i told you man i had some really good leadership starting all the way up at the top right like my RSEO, my first RSEO at the time, uh, um, uh, I wish I could give a shout out, man. He's a really great guy, man. Really good, really good guy. Uh, guess what? When Even if we were struggling as, as an RS in general, not even as, a, as an RSS, as an RS in general, guess what he would do? He would give us still the 96 or the 72. Bro, and let me tell you what that did for us, right? What that did for us is whenever that other day that we would come in and work, I wanted to work twice as hard yeah. because I know I just got something that I that I didn't earn. Yeah. So I felt that I had to pay that shit back. But you know what? And, and you know what's crazy is that my my old CEO, when he first checked in. So I had two CEOs when I was on recruiting duty. Um, when my new student, the newest CEO checked in. That's what he said. He was like, hey, this old regime is gone, and I'm going to change everything. I'm giving back the respect to the staff and CEO. I'm giving back this. I'm giving back that. And it worked. It worked, bro. People were like, wait a minute. We're going to – this guy, bro, his first speech, he walked up with a dip in his mouth and spitting. And everyone was <laughs> like, hoorah, like – this is yeah. a real, yeah. Everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone was like pumping their fists. I was loving yeah. it. I was like, hell yeah. And he gave us a 96 that first weekend. His right when he literally checked in and they did the change of command ceremony, he said, hey, everybody's going out on a 96. And then that first year, he gave us a mandatory time off for our families for Christmas, right? And then guess what? We started to have some bad times, took all that shit away. And then guess what? The mentality of the RS went back to fuck you. Have a good day. You never meant this shit. It was just to see how things would happen. Mm. And that was the reality of it. Now, Mm. those same people are in the same place and the same shit's going on. And it's like, bro, these Marines don't care. If you go, if you took a poll of, if you took a poll and you asked anyone, hey, man, do you want to work hard seven days a week and then come home to work hard seven days a week? Bro, if there is no reason, if I may, if I write six and I still have to write six, if I write two and you tell me it's not enough and I need more, then and if if I'm writing zero and I get treated like the guy that wrote four, then why would I write it four? Yeah. If well, I mean... I, 
I mean, but but here's here's where I defer with that a little bit, right? Because honestly, man, like I didn't care. Like I told you, right? Oh no, no, like, no. With, I agree. I listen. I agree with you. But that's you. Other yeah. Marines are literally going to look at that. Like I had a buddy of mine, Murphy. One of my he was one of my recruiters, and he looked when he checked in. My A gunner told him, "Hey, man, I my he watched my A gunner right." I was very different. So Murphy witnessed my A gunner write a write a four, right? And I had told him, if you write a four for me, I will give you a week off. So Damn, now a week. I was given I, I guarantee these Marines, if you rate me a four, I will give you a week off. God so they damn. started and none of these Marines had ever written fours before I got there because they had no reason to. But if I'm guaranteeing you a week off, suddenly they were finding fours left and right. Mm. And the reason why I bring that up is because when I was writing fours, I still had to go to work on Monday. But I was do. But why was I doing it? Because I wanted my team to win, and because I wanted I wanted to be a twelve, and because I wanted to be a staff and CEO. I had these reasons for it, right? But other Marines are going to look for excuses no matter what. Yeah, they're yeah, they're that, they're that out. The reality. There. That's the reality yeah. of it. So let's not give them excuses. If a Marine is writing his two a month, why does he have to be in the office from eight a.m. Until 2200 at night. Yeah. If that Marine is doing what, if that Marine is going above what the CO is stating, because the CO says, hey, the substandard is 1.67. Okay. If that Marine is writing two a month, then why are we not treat? Why are we not letting that Marine go home? Like let that Marine, because if you do that, then eventually people are going to be like, wait a minute, I get to do my job and go home. Yeah, and now that's how it is. If we if we bring this thing and we say that, because then what happens? Oh, hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna pull the mission up. We're gonna pull the mission up. We're gonna pull the mission up. Okay, but what is that doing for me? It's not doing anything for me because yeah. now I just have to make mission even faster than I already was. I'm not getting ahead, and now it's and and that's the thing about it is that like I know and I know it's not as easy as we make it seem. But a lot of the reasons why Marines don't work on this duty is because the, they come out on the duty and the first thing they see is a third-year recruiter who has all these awards, but he's never seen his son. Yeah. And then their first thought process is, bro, why the fuck do I want that? Why do I want all of that stress and the loss of my family if I could sit here and do nothing and not stress and still be sitting in the office all day. Yeah, that's a good valid point. It happens. Like that's the reality of it, bro. A lot of these Marines are literally saying that. They're like, bro, I watch this guy slay over his work ethic every day while I do nothing. And now they don't even ask me anymore because now they expect me not to do nothing. But now when he only writes two, they say, bro, what the fuck you always write for? But I've but now I've gotten this expectation over me that I only write zero. So they don't even ask anymore. <laughs> like, that's what happens, bro. Yeah. So, like, we need to give these Marines the ability to have time with their family, especially if they're doing their job or if they're exceeding. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. 
to be honest with you, man, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I never, honestly, like, I never had that issue. Like, I, I had a really good team. Like, the time off was never uh, an issue with us. Like, we understand, we all understood what, like, like it's just being a freaking Marine. You know what I'm saying? Like, like understanding what you need to do and Reagan getting it done. Like, I mean, honestly, like, we never had any, now that I look, I, I look back at the duty and obviously we had some long hours, but we never had issue. Like, it wasn't never not compensated in the back end. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So, so yeah, I I never had the time issue for me was never was never there. Yeah, you know. So, so but I never the, I never struggled with that. Yeah, and a lot, but a lot of Marines do. You know, yeah. like a lot of Marines get these false promises, like, "Hey, we're gonna work." You know, like this is my favorite one because I've heard this from multiple people. Hey, we're gonna work really hard through FMIM and through JJAZ. So that you can have time with your family for the for the winter, because I really want you to be with your kids on Christmas. Wait a minute, hold on. So I have to work really hard, extra hours now, to get the leave and the liberty that I'm supposed to get because I'm a Marine. So if I don't work, I'm gonna lose my 96. So I have to work extra hours now to get something that I was supposed to get. Oh wait, now that 96 comes. We're down on mission, and you're going to tell me, hey, you have to work Christmas because we didn't make mission. Oh. So, hey, remember that time? I like, mean, where... that, honestly, honestly, I think, <laughs> like, probably someone someone watching this, you know, in the future is going to be like, yeah, that's 100% a thing. But who would even work on Christmas? Like, like I mean, what would you even do? Bro. That's my question. That's my question because, like, no one's going to, like, honestly, like, like no, here's, here's what my staff in COIC always told me. It was like, do not make a phone call after 1930 at night. Amen. Because if you make a phone call after 1930 at night, you just seem desperate. You see what I'm saying? Like, like you don't seem like you're trying to change someone's life. You just seem freaking desperate for something, right? Yeah. So it, that does not mean to stop working. And after 1930, yeah, you can still do like 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 maybe DC messages. You can do like your McChris or whatever. But making phone calls or going out there in your in your uniform or whatever to like AC or TC, like that is not that is not productive. And even even with that, you know what I'm saying? Like like Fourth of July. Here's 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 what I did. You know, whenever I, I went out there, if I knew that I had to work during like like a period of time, I would uh, or the, a period of time that people were gonna be outside, I would find something productive to do not just go out there you know what i'm saying like handing business cards like a freaking dumbass what i would do is what i would do is let's say for example for summer right for summer in puerto rico it came out that the teachers it, things were so bad in puerto rico that the teachers had to go to the schools not paid and freaking fix up like like low, mow the lawns and paint what? the classrooms and like do all that stuff right stuff that the government was supposed to be doing so I, I heard that on the radio and I was like, no, hold on a second. I'm not going to do that. So I went to, I think it was like four or five of my schools in the, in the area. And with my future Marines, like I told you, I put their asses to work with like 20 or 30 future Marines. We would show up to the schools and be like, Hey, give us everything. We're going to, we mowed the lawns. We painted the classrooms. We painted the schools. We did absolutely everything. Wow. And guess what? We had to work on the weekend, but I made it meaningful. 
You see yeah. what I'm saying? I identified what was it that my community needed. And instead of just me being like, well, this sucks that I'm working here. Look at me at the mall. No, I went to the points of frictions that my community mm. needed me. And I went viral. I went viral whenever I did all this stuff. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, like I, put, I posted, so it, on, I, so I posted true, it on man. social media and it, like, it went viral. Yeah. And that's so true because a lot of times, and, and I'll be honest, I, I found myself there like, hey, we're, we're, we're here because we were told to be. Yeah. Hey, you were told to be at work. You'll be at work. All right. Good to go. All right. Hey, yeah. everybody at the office, zero eight Saturday morning. Well, what are we doing? Just make phone calls. If, if I was going to be at work, I was going to make it as fucking meaningful as possible. Yeah. And you better trust and believe that I wasn't going to be the only one at work. I will fight if I had to be at work. I would tell my future Marines, like, "Hey, guess what? Y'all coming out here with me?" I would, mm. t- I would tell my future Marines that. I, I, bare minimum, they would keep me company. <laughs> but <laughs> bare minimum, they would keep me company. But guess what? If I gotta be there, it, man, I wish I would have. Ta- I wish I would have still had the videos. But bro, it got to a point that I would print out all the ASVAB lists. Uh, uh, and also in Puerto Rico, so to those like that, because uh, I always have people going, well, Puerto Rico must have been nice, right? We don't have the high school community program out there in Puerto Rico. So so all of our lists are 100% recruiter-generated lists. Okay? Oh, wow, really? Yeah, we don't have a high school community college program. Like, it's in McCris, but, but like, all those leads that are in there are 100% recruiter-generated, right? Wow. So I would print those out, everything, and I would give – Hey, you call this list. You call this list. You call this list. You call this list. And literally, we would, we would, we would literally be calling like all those people for like hours. And that's yeah. how I got. I was like, hey, this is one of the questions that you need to ask them. ASVAB. If they score more than three thousand on the ASVAB, I want to talk to them. Uh, not, not the ASVAB. I'm sorry, uh, the, the college board. Bless you. Yeah. The college board. So, and and that's how that's how I did it, man. That's how I did it. So one of my one of my last questions, um, just because we're, we're going for a, a bit, yeah, um, we're definitely gonna have to do an episode two because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying this. Um, but how how has this after talking about you know clearly you learned how to schedule things, you learned how to network, you learned how to make the most of your time. Um, you learned how to speak differently. You know, you learned how to change. You know, you learned how to translate. So now, what did all of that do for Gunnery Sergeant Ramos? How has recruiting duty helped you be, as, a, as a leader, as a person? Um, how has it in, developed you as, as a person now that you're off the duty? And do you yeah. see – and do you sometimes like look at yourself and see these changes and be like, wow, if it wasn't for recruiting duty, I wouldn't – have this or i wouldn't be here oh yeah 100 like 100 and you see y'all know right i didn't even cover like i didn't cover about 70 percent of the stuff that actually you know like i went through on recruiting duty okay mm. however uh to answer your question you know i was uh i was a person before that i used to listen to respond and listen to understand that's one of the main Woo! things right that you do Yo, right? say, that so, say that again. Now, say that again. Now, instead of me listening to respond, I listen to mm. understand. Right? Like so. So, mm. and I, what I do now with Marines, I let them hang themselves in a conversation. 
right? Mm. Because a lot of people, a lot of leaders, a lot of staff and CEOs, they they put themselves in in uncomfortable situations in today's Marine Corps because they assume a lot of things, right? Now, I even though the conversation, you might think the conversation is like it's like Barney style conversations, right? I always, I never assume things whenever I'm talking to Marines. So that's how it's helped me, right? And a lot of people come up to me because of it, right? They want to have conversations with me because they know the quality of conversation that they're going to have with me instead of just like, oh yeah, well, you need to go here, go, we can do this, right? And in my and outside of my Marinka career, which by the way, I think my Marinka career here is coming up to a close. I don't think mm. I will be re-enlisting. I'm at 14 years right now, and I don't think that I will be re-enlisting. The reason for it is because it also helped me out to realize, right? Uh, that's why I'm saying I haven't spoken about 70% of the things that happened to me on the duty, right? Because, um, yeah, man, like I realized I, I, in, in some of these things that I went through in my commercial career and in recruiting duty, it helped me realize like, damn, man, like you think you're shit hot, but you're nobody in the civilian life. I joined when I was 17. You know, I have no high school diploma. I, I'm sorry. I have no 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 college degree. Like if I were to get out tomorrow out of the Marine Corps, I would have nothing. Right. So and the Marine, you're expendable. It doesn't matter how good you are. That's just something that recruiting duty told, told me. No matter how good you are, you're 100 percent expendable, you know, in the Marine Corps. So I was like, how do I position myself to succeed? I took the 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 traits that recruiting duty gave me. And I apply them into something that I could utilize outside of the Marine Corps. And now I have my own company outside of the Marine Corps. I am a real estate agent out here in Southern California. Uh, I'm a successful real estate agent out here in California with the Warriors Group. And yeah, man, I'm 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 working towards getting out and uh, and fulfilling my my company and. Uh, and my things outside of the Marine Corps. However, I think I'm still going to stay in the reserves just because of the, the retirement and, you know, all the sweat, blood and tears that I've put into 14 years of, of my life. I want to make sure, you know, that I, that that doesn't go unnoticed, even though yeah. I, I'm really I don't need it right now. Because like I told you, man, like I wasn't good financially. And it wasn't until very recently, man, that I uh, whenever I started real estate, man, that I I freaking just simply took off, you know, you know, fortunately. Wow. So how would yeah. you say that recruiting duty helped you in this real estate gig? Like how did it, oh. cause I, I've bro, I've, I don't know how many friends of mine that I have that are 84 12s or that, or were prior recruiters who yeah. are now real estate agents. Like I, I feel, I feel like I'm the only one that's not. Yeah. It translates. And, and they're, and they're trying to, and they're, really and they're well. all trying to get me to do it. <laughs> yeah. It all translates really well, man. So let me tell you why. Right. The national average of sales for a real estate agent in the United States is six a year, right? Six to seven a year, right? Um, and what recruiting duty helped me it to understand is that it's a numbers game, right? You need to understand how many people you need to contact in order for you to contract. Yeah, you see yeah. what I'm saying? So now for me, my personal goal is the same that I was that I was on recruiting on recruiting duty. I want to have a no minimum of two homes, uh, uh, sell two homes uh, uh, a month. Right. Because that will put me in the position that I want to be in my life. Right. To it will put me in the position where I can give back, you know, to to the community like I want to give back to the community. Right. 
So that's why that's why I, I I'm doing the things that I'm doing right now and and doing the things that I'm doing right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, recruiting duty definitely helped me out uh, to understand that it's just simply a numbers game, right? It's a results-driven business. Doesn't matter how many efforts you put in, you got to put in the you got to put in the efforts in order for you to see the results. Mm. Amen. Yep. Well, hey, listen, man, I thank you so much for hopping on with me, man. I, uh, this was an awesome episode. We definitely have to do another episode, kind of yeah. get into that, get into that seventy percent that you didn't talk about. Um, <laughs> talk about that, um, and really just you know learn a lot more about it, man. I, I appreciate your insight. You know, definitely hearing a different conversation and talking about some stuff that I hadn't talked about before. So thank yeah. you so much, man. So um, no, man, thank every- you for having me. Yeah, definitely, man. So before we um before we hang it up, where can everybody find you? Um, and how do we get a hold of you? Yeah, man. So uh, it's super simple. Uh, I'm actually gonna. I'm. This is gonna be on YouTube, so I'm gonna actually send you my link. It's yep. my digital business card, man. My social media, my TikTok, my Instagram, my YouTube, my all that stuff is gonna be in that in that link that I'm gonna send you. However, my Instagram is Ramos underscore Capital. So is my so is my TikTok, okay? And you can find me on on uh, uh, Facebook by Albert Ramos. That's my official page over there on on Facebook. I talk about there's two things that I talk about is real estate and Marine Corps stuff that no one no one talks about. So yeah, yeah, man. That's how that's how people can find me. Amen. All right. Well, thanks again, brother. I hope you have a good rest of the night. Stay safe and good luck on the grind, brother. Thank you. You too, brother. Have a good one. Thank you for having me again.